Hey everybody, Chris here. You may know us these days as the Personal Injury Mastermind, but you've discovered our roots when we first started as the Rankings Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Over the years and hundreds of episodes, we've expanded our reach while staying true to our mission. We help you and your firm dominate the competition with insights from some of the best in the legal industry. You may notice that these older episodes sound a bit different. That's because we also embrace change and growth. I hope you enjoy this episode from the vaults and listen to a few of our newer episodes while you're at it. Thanks for being here. Let's begin. Customer service, in my opinion, is the most important thing in running a personal injury law firm. It doesn't matter what you're selling, there will always be a client at the heart of what you do. The best companies find a way to understand that client and create a relationship with them. People come to us, they're hurt, they don't have money coming in, they want to understand what's happening with their case. I would say my top priority right now is making myself available to the firm's clients so that if they want to speak to me directly, they can. Everyone's got my cell phone. You're listening to The Rankings Podcast, the show where top marketers and elite personal injury attorneys share their stories about getting to the top and what keeps them there. My guest today is Michael Rose, a personal injury lawyer and founding partner of Hack and Rose, one of the most elite PI firms in New York City. Michael routinely wins verdicts in the millions for his clients. Over one six-month ban, he tried three cases and each resulted in a seven-figure verdict. We discuss how providing excellent service can be its own pathway to the top of the search results. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first-page rankings with search engine optimization. SEO is all about the first page, and that's also where we'd like to start our show. Here's Michael Rose, co-founder and partner of Hack and Rose. My partner and I, Greg Hack, we're at one of the larger personal injury law firms in New York City. Uh, I was in an unfortunate position where I was thrown right into the fire, trying cases when I was 26 years old. I was at a point where I was on trial once a month, at least injury selection, trying cases to verdict. So I really had a unique opportunity at a really young age to be in front of judges, be in front of juries, and just have an opportunity to learn. Uh, I think that's really what got me started, having a comfort level of being on my own, being able to speak to people. That's really how I got started. So you got a lot of experience there. Did did you do you know retrospectives with other attorneys to discuss you know, what you could have done better, what you what you did great, all those different types of situations for trials? Yeah, so I was lucky to have some great mentors. Some of the people that I worked with are now in their, probably in their 60, late 60s now, and they're people who are known as some of the most formidable trial lawyers, uh, some in the state, some throughout the country. And I had, I had an opportunity to pick their brains. When I did go on trial, though, I was on my own. So it was self-analysis, understanding what worked for me, uh, what didn't work for me. So learn from people who had different styles than the one that I eventually developed. There are things that, uh, frankly, worked for other people that didn't work for me. So best way to get feedback for me was after a case was over and talking to juries. Sometimes you feel like they're telling you what you want to hear, but not being scared to ask 
hard questions about what they liked and what they didn't like about what I did, where I could be better. That's how I grew. I love that. And I, I like the candid conversations and the openness to accept that and, and try to improve. You know, so I believe you and, and uh, Gregory, you know, you worked at the same firm and then you were both very accomplished and successful lawyers. So where was the decision to strike out your own? What made you decide to start your own firm? So we were, we were, um, we were both 29 years old at the time, I think. It was a large firm. It was, uh, it was about 50 lawyers. Uh, a lot of the lawyers were senior. Greg and I were going to be the two youngest partners the firm had ever made. Uh, they told us they were making us partnership offers. And uh, Greg and I got to talking actually at an office Christmas party one night and decided that uh, we were a good fit. We had skills that complemented each other. Greg being someone who liked to be on the inside, doing the business end of things and generating business. And myself at the time, uh, really just being interested in being a trial lawyer. At that point in time, we decided that uh, we were going to partner up and start our own shop. What does it look like now? Is it still that same focus where you're still highly focused on trials and he, he's still focused on business? Did you kind of stay in that, uh, that path? It's hard now to be on trial, although I love doing it. I think we're 15 lawyers and close to 50 employees. So management takes over, business responsibilities take over. Marketing is more and more competitive today than it's ever been. Everyone wants to be on the internet. So I've become highly involved in the marketing of the law firm. I spend a lot of time also uh, speaking to clients on the phone. Clients want to speak to me. Customer service, in my opinion, is the most important thing in running a personal injury law firm. People come to us, they're hurt. They don't have money coming in. They want to understand what's happening with their case. So I would say my top priority right now is making myself available to the firm's clients so that if they want to speak to me directly, they can. Everyone's got my cell phone. I'd say that that is my number one priority. I tell you, having been in the office for over a year now with the pandemic, um, dying to get out into the courtroom. So hopefully we'll be there soon. I hear you. So I wanted to stay, stay on that, that customer service side, you know, aside from the multi-million dollar type of positioning, the other words that perhaps are most associated with your firm are honesty and integrity. You know, are yeah. these words a cornerstone of your brand or, or are they more table stakes where just everyone that you've hired has to have them? Or do you really put a tremendous amount of emphasis in that customer service? And it sounds like you do. I do. I do. It's very important to me. It's important to me that people I talk to or on the other side understand that when I say something, my word means something. Uh, when I make promises to people, to clients, to adversaries, to insurance companies, whoever it is, that I live up to my word. I demand that of my staff. I demand that of my attorneys. I expect them also to uphold the same standards and try 
really hard not to overpromise people because people need to have genuine expectations as far as the likelihoods of success of their case, what expected recoveries should be because people are relying on us. They need to be able to plan for their future. So uh, if there are difficulties, it's important that people need to understand that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's incredibly important to set those expectations. There, there are certain situations, you know, on the surface, not every case, especially to the prospect may look like a seven figure case. And sometimes appearing really big or successful may make potential clients think they're too small to approach them. How are you positioning yourself as a firm to attract leads of all sizes? Or is it maybe you aren't the firm for everyone, but you help connect them with someone who is the right fit? Yeah, there is a balance. I'd like to think that we can help everyone. There are a certain number of smaller cases that frankly, our firm is not equipped to handle in a way that other firms are that are equipped to handle large volume cases. So you have firms out there that handle thousands and thousands of cases and they have systems in place which allow them to be more efficient. The cases don't necessarily require the same amount of detail, legal work. So yes, if I'm answering your question, there are many clients who do have smaller cases that are better off with another law firm. It's better for them and it's a better service to the clients that we do take on. Because if we're spending time on things that we're not equipped to handle, it's taking away from what we're good at. I think that in itself falls under integrity, right? You, yeah. you focus on what you do best and you know everyone would love to have all the revenue and take every single case. But I, I love that integrity wise, you're like, hey, we can do this very, very well. And someone else might be the, a better fit for the smaller cases that you don't handle or out of your practice area expertise. So switching over to the marketing side, we're all about helping firms grow. And and clearly, you know, a a thing or two about marketing based upon the successes you've had. What is your philosophy and and or approach as it comes to marketing? How are you securing these great cases? Customer service. So I can't tell you how often I get on the phone with a client and they say to me, we've read your reviews people have great things to say about you. That's time and again, why people choose us. Developing a rapport with clients. Again, they repeatedly tell us they've watched videos, allowing our clients or potential clients to understand that that we're human, we're approachable, and that we want to help. That's a big part of our message. And then also, People want lawyers who are aggressive. So people want to understand that lawyers will take cases to trial. Lawyers will be aggressive in getting justice. That's a big part of our message as well, which uh, I think that the results speak for itself. So marketing results that we've had. So people understand that we try cases, we try cases to verdict. So overall, customer service, approachability, and the ability to be aggressive. 
I love all of that. Yeah. And one of the things when I was doing my research is I noticed that you work with with unions and you lecture on a variety of topics, which has certainly raised your profile as a thought leader over the years. How can lawyers assert themselves as authorities in their field? Do you think it's it is as simple, maybe well, not as simple, but is it getting out and speaking and and sharing your expertise? Yeah, I think that when you can provide information to people, that's helpful. People respect that. People appreciate it. So if we're given opportunities to speak to groups of attorneys, labor organizations, uh, union leadership, uh, in ways that they can be helpful to their members, because overall their, their job as union leaders is helping people understand when they get hurt, what benefits they're entitled to. So education, helping people who are in leadership roles with education, I think is, uh, is very important. And it helps those people help their constituents. And in turn, it develops a level of loyalty where people understand that uh, because we're willing to help them, we can help their members or whoever it is that they serve us. Michael's success would be impressive anywhere, but he's achieved it in the gauntlet of New York City, which is overflowing with law firms. I asked him about his firm and how they're different and how they generate cases in such a saturated market. Well, it's, it's funny. For many years, I, I, I was attached to the stigma of lawyers who advertise aren't real lawyers. And for many years, unfortunately, I shied away from the advertising. For some reason, I believe that the internet didn't have the same stigma attached to other types of lawyer advertising. That's why I became interested in it. So for young lawyers, pay attention to what your competitors are doing. See if you can emulate what they're doing. And then it's developing loyalty. So treating each client as a client. There are so many people in this business that treat clients as commodities. They don't see them as people. They see them as a way to make money. Frankly, it makes me sick when I see it, when I hear it. We're asked to get involved or take over cases all the time where people were treated like that. They're not getting their phone calls returned. Lawyers have a sense of entitlement when they're talking to people. They're not speaking to them as human beings. So if you do the right thing by your clients, then they're gonna to wanna to refer their friends to you. They're gonna to wanna to refer their family to you. So it's really just doing things the right way. I think that that emotional intelligence, that EQ is sometimes difficult. And I think that more firms are, are weighting that with higher value, those that really have the soft touch. And obviously you need to have the hard touch skills to do the job too. And I noticed that in a, a couple of your bios and, and testimonials and things that what comes up is your ability to think strategically and your affable demeanor. Is this a natural skill? Is this something you've developed over the years? I'd say that my ability to relate to people has always been there since I was a kid. I uh, grew up in a middle-class family. My dad owned his own small business. My mom was a school teacher. I went to a 
diverse high school. So always had the ability to relate to people that came from different backgrounds. So I think those things help me with clients, help me with juries. But a lot of it is uh, a lot of the ability to speak to people. Those are things that you learn over the years. So have look, I have the ability to lose my temper, just like everyone else. And it's ability to stay calm, understand other people's situations, put yourself in other people's shoes. I think that that's something that that I continue to work on today, helping other people learn those skills, helping people work for me, learn those skills, understand what our goals are. Um, those are all the, look, I'm always trying to read things and make myself better. I guess life is a learning process. It's not clear already what sets Hack and Rose apart is about how they treat their clients. I love how dedicated Michael is to providing an exceptional and personal experience to each and every customer. But what does that entail? I asked Michael to take me through an ideal client journey from start to finish. Any prospective client, they're speaking to an attorney in my office. Cases are vetted by attorneys. Uh, so from the very beginning, there is hopefully a bond with the person that they have a comfort level with us. And then it's communicating, putting procedures in place, setting landmarks during people's cases where we continue to speak with them. Drives me crazy sometimes when I hear that people are delegating client communication in circumstances where I understand that people wanna be talking to their attorneys. I think probably the most important role or one of the most important roles of the attorneys in my office is speaking to clients, keeping them informed. They want to hear from their attorneys. They don't want updates from people who uh, whose job it is in the office to do scheduling. They don't want to hear updates from, from people who have other job titles within the office. They want to talk to their lawyers. And then after the case is over, I say to clients all the time, when you hire us, uh, you're going to be married to us for a few years. It's a relationship. And I'd like to say that I've got a lot of great relationships with my former clients. People stay in touch with me. I stay in touch with them. I've gone to several weddings. It's a real compliment when a client feels close enough to you or feels that uh, you made an impact on them where you're an important part of their life. So someone invites me uh, to their wedding. That's, that's an honor. So it's really just being genuine with your clients so that they understand that I care about them. The law firm cares about them. That's hopefully what also translates into future business. I have to say, I've been doing many of these interviews and that's very rare that after the client has, you know, received their settlement check that, that you do the continued follow-up and the relationship types of things are, is it, is it just very natural for you? Do you, do you have a newsletter? It's how does that work? Or is it just a natural who you are? You check in on, on these clients that you've worked with. Yeah. Look, I've represented so many people over the years. It's not 
that's not a systematic practice. That's something that I do when it feels natural. So it's, it's people that I have relationships with. We have uh, social media uh, where we try to stay in touch with our clients. We do do uh, some newsletters, which are other ways that, that we stay in touch with our clients. But as far as on a personal level, it's not business for me. It's just what's natural. So, you know, honesty and integrity, I'm going to go back to that. They're, they're incredibly important values uh, for you and your firm. You know, how can law firm owners and, and how can they embody that? Is it just a value type? Is it an awareness thing that they have these values and that's just who you are and that's why it comes across naturally? Yeah. So, so for me, it is who I am, but again, it's, it's part of the growth process. It's part of making people or helping people understand what our goals are as a law firm so that our clients can feel connected to us sharing information. So it's, it's um, sharing some self-help materials with, with the, um, the employees from time to time. There was a, um, I forget his name, the guy who built the Ritz Carlton brand. Schultz. Yeah, exactly. So um he, he had come out with a book recently and, and did it, did an interview, which I thought was fantastic. Shared that with my attorneys. So it's really just trying really hard to help people understand customer service, helping people understand we need to continue to evolve and bringing people into a place where they want to grow. Michael, where can our audience go to learn more about you? The website's uh, unionlawfirm.com. We're in Manhattan. We're on Madison Avenue in Manhattan. So uh, I'd say if you want to learn anything about the law firm, I'd visit the website first. There's a lot of incredible advice here, but I think the most important part is about relationships. No matter the size of your firm or what type of law you practice, your work will always be based upon a relationship between you and the customer. And if you make that experience exceptional, you'll have a type of marketing that money can't buy. I'd like to thank Michael Rose from Hack and Rose for sharing his story with us. And I hope you gained some valuable insights from the conversation. You've been listening to the Rankings Podcast. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you like this episode or have an idea for a future guest whose story you'd love to hear, leave me a review and tell me more. I'll catch you next week with another inspiring story and some SEO tips and tricks, all with page one in mind.